We are on Yevamos Yid Gimel, Amen Beis, 13b2 in the Art Scroll Gemara. Just a little bit of a review from the last recording, and then we'll go on. We started the second Mishnah of the Perak of the chapter, and there is a dispute of Machlokis between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. Beis Shammai is of the opinion that there's no concept of a Pitur Tzaris Erva, that uh, in a situation where uh, Shimon, who passes away without any children, and he has two wives. One of them is related to Reuven, the brother. Let's say it's uh, the daughter of Reuven. Shimon marries the daughter of Reuven. Uh, so then, even though, certainly the daughter of Reuven does not do Yibam or Chalitza, she is completely exempt. But the co-wife does have, according to Beishamai, does have an obligation to do Yibam or Chalitza. There is no exemption on the co-wife. As opposed to Beishillel, Beishillel is the way we've been understanding it for the last uh, 12 weeks, and according to Beis Hillel, there is an exemption of Yibam or Chalitza on the co-wife as well. The co-wife does not have to do anything. And so the Gemara tried to understand what exactly are they arguing about. And they, we in the last recording, we gave one answer, and today we're going to give a second answer. But just to review the last answer, uh, the first answer, Beis Shammai is of the opinion that the extra word of Hachutza, the verse, the Pasuk says that Somebody who has an obligation to do even Rechalitza, that wife, the sister-in-law, she's not allowed to go out and marry anybody else. There's a, there's a negative commandment to marry somebody else before she does even Rechalitza with one of the brothers-in-law. And the language of the Pasuk says Hachutza, that she's defined as somebody who's outside. And Beishamai says that the, what that means is that the implication is that there's somebody who's inside, which means that we're talking about this case where... The deceased had two wives. One of them is on the inside, meaning she's already related to the live brother. And the other one is on the outside. It's the co-wife and not related to the live brother. And yet, there still is an obligation to do Yibam or Chalitza, which would fit with Beis Shammai. Beis Hillel says that, no, the, the word Hachutza on the outside means that she's on the outside in that they're not fully married. They're just halachically engaged. And even if you're halachically engaged, you have a mitzvah of yibam or chalitza. You don't have to be fully married. It's enough just to be halachically engaged. And Beishamai really agrees to that, but he says it comes from the extra letter of a hey. Uh, but Beishamai really agrees to that. Uh, the other important halacha which comes out of the discussion, that whole back and forth uh, discussion that we had in the last recording, is that the even though there's a negative, it's an ordinary negative commandment for this uh, wife, the sister-in-law, to marry somebody else, some other random person, uh, before she does Yibam Rechalitza. It's a negative commandment, uh, but it's different than other ordinary negative commandments. Usually, for an ordinary negative commandment, which does not have a severe punishment, uh, it's viewed as a legal marriage. Uh, because of the, the verse, the they they expound upon the verse to say that it's not even viewed as a legal marriage. In this type of ordinary negative commandment, it's not even viewed as a legal marriage. They're not viewed legally as married. Okay, those were some of the important ideas and concepts that came out of uh, yesterday's discussion. Now we'll move on to the second reason. What is the second reason as to why, the Gemara is going to suggest the second reason as to why Beishamai holds that there is no exemption on the co-wife. The co-wife does have an obligation to do Yibam or Chalitza. 
And so in order to explain the second uh, reason, we first have to give a little bit of an introduction. There is a concept called Ein Isser Chal Al Isser. Ein Isser Chal Al Isser means, in the broad sense, it means that once there is already a prohibition, there's already a Torah prohibition that exists, uh, to to do whatever it is, it doesn't only apply to marriage. It applies to really uh, to to in a much broader sense. Uh, but let's say in our context, there's already a prohibition to marry somebody, and something happens where it would add a second type of a prohibition. Now you're related in some other way as well. There's a second way in which you're related. Uh, so then we'll use a principle called Ein Isser Chal Isser. Once there's already one way to make it to make it that there's a prohibition, then the second prohibition, which comes later, it has to come specifically later, that second prohibition, which comes later, is not really viewed as taking place. Meaning you wouldn't have that second prohibition. Once there's already one prohibition, there's, we, we say that the second prohibition does not exist. It wouldn't exist at all because the first prohibition already exists. So therefore, we won't say that the second prohibition comes along and adds a second prohibition. It would do so if it happened at the exact same time. But in a scenario where it doesn't happen at the exact same time, there's already one prohibition that exists, so then we won't add on to make a second uh, a second prohibition. That's the introduction. So the Gemara says as follows. Rava Amar, Rava explains, what's the reason of Beishamai to say that there's no exemption on the co-wife? The reason for Beishamai is for this very principle, because that the second prohibition does not take effect if there's already one prohibition there. What does that mean? The Gemara right now is assuming as follows, that it's a, it seems to be that it's a, a limited case, where you have it as follows. You have Reuben and Shimon are brothers. Reuben and Shimon are brothers. So, let's say, Reuven and Shimon are brothers, Shimon marries Rachel. Shimon marries Rachel. So now, Reuven is forbidden to marry Rachel because it's his sister-in-law, unless you have the very specific case of Yibam. But other than that, there's a prohibition for Reuven to marry Rachel because it's his his sister-in-law, it's his brother's wife. And then, afterwards, Reuven marries Leah. Reuven marries Leah. Leah and Rachel are sisters. So now, Rachel should also be prohibited to Reuven for a different prohibition because it's a sister-in-law in the other way, in the other direction, because it's his wife's sister. And so therefore, Reuven should be forbidden to Rachel for two different reasons. One is because it's his brother's wife, and the other reason is because it's his wife's sister. But we say no. We apply a principle called Ein Isser Chal to say that the second prohibition, which occurred later, does not take place because there's already a prohibition. Reuven is already forbidden to Rachel because his brother married Rachel. And it's his sister-in-law. So, the, so there's already one prohibition there that exists. So the fact that Reuven later on married Leah, who's the sister of Rachel, two brothers are marrying two sisters, and Reuven later on marries Leah, so now there should be a different prohibition of a sister-in-law because it's his wife's sister. We say that no, there's a principle that the second prohibition does not come into effect because Reuven is already forbidden to uh, to to Rachel. So the Gemara is going to say 
as follows. Rav is saying as follows. At least this is how the Gemara understands it at this stage. We're going to see that it changes in a minute. But the Gemara is saying, well, in that scenario where um, Ruvain married Leah after Shimon married Rachel, so that the prohibition of the sister-in-law, in the sense that it's the wife's sister, does not come into effect, so then there's no error problem. What happens when his what happens when Shimon passes away? Shimon passes away without any children. There's the mitzvah of Yibam. So Reuven should be able to perform the mitzvah of Yibam because there's no prohibition here. There's no sister-in-law of the brother's wife because that doesn't apply in this scenario of Yibam. And there's no prohibition of his wife's sister because that never came into effect. So there should be no prohibition here. And that's the position of Beishamah. Maybe that's the position of Beishamah. The reason why there's no prohibition is because it, it, it never came into effect. The, the fact that it's the wife's sister, that never came into effect because there was already a previous prohibition. That's what the Gemara assumes. But the Gemara then asks. The Gemara asks as follows. It makes sense. This only makes sense. This only makes sense if Shimon married Rachel first and then Reuven married Leah so that there's no prohibition of his wife's sister, because that was second. But what if it's flipped? But what if it's flipped? Let's say Reuven married his wife first, Leah. So now she, he's prohibited to be with, uh, with Rachel, because it's his wife's sister. And then only afterwards does Shimon marry, uh, does Shimon marry Rachel, and then Shimon passes away without any children, so that there shouldn't be a mitzvah of yibam, because the, what's the first prohibition in that scenario? The first prohibition is his wife's sister, and that should remain even in this, in, even in a situation of yibam. He should still be forbidden to her, and then we should have the concept of erva and saras erva of of the prohibition to marry the wife or the co-wife. Uh, so, what do you do in that case? So, the Gemara answers something fascinating. The Gemara says. In that scenario, what do you have? Very interesting. What do you have in that scenario? Okay, so let's repeat in that scenario. So it's his wife's sister. So there's a prohibition there because it's his wife's sister, which remains even in the context of where the brother passes away without children. But is there an Isra'ish Is there a prohibition because it's his brother's wife? That took place second. Right, he first married his wife, and then Leah. Therefore, he's he, Ruvain is prohibited to be with um, Rachel, who's his wife's sister. Then Shimon goes along; his brother marries Rachel, and so did that prohibition take place? Is he now forbidden to Rachel because it's his brother's wife? No, because that took place second. So if that took place second, and his brother's wife is not Rachel, i.e., Rachel is not prohibited to, to Ruvain because it's his brother's wife, but only because it's his wife's sister. So then when Yibam comes along, when the brother passes away, the Gemara says something fascinating. There is no mitzvah of Yibam in that context. It's, it's as if she's she's totally removed from the scene. Because in order to perform the mitzvah of Yibam, there has to be a pre-existing prohibition of being your brother's sister. You're sorry, your brother's wife. There has to be the prohibition has to exist of being your brother's wife. Then the brother passes away, and we get rid of that prohibition. Then he can perform the mitzvah of Yibam. But in this case, 
There is no prohibition of your brother's wife because that took place second. Since there's no prohibition of your brother's wife because that took place second, it's as if she's totally out of the picture. And then you could do Yibam or Chalitza with the co-wife because it's as if that first one is that even though it's your wife's sister and you're prohibited to be with her anyways, but it's like she's out of the picture because there's no mitzvah of Yibam when there's no prohibition of to the sister-in-law previously as the brother's wife, as the prohibition as being the brother's wife. And since there's no prohibition in that case, it's as if she's totally removed from the picture and then you could do Yibam or Chalitza with the co-wife. So again, in either scenario, whichever one happens first, it doesn't make a difference which one happens first. If first you're prohibited because it's your brother's wife, and then afterwards it's your wife's sister. So then there's no prohibition there because there's there's no... Uh, it's not like you're related as your wife's sister. There's only because it's your brother's wife. So go ahead and do Yibam or Chalitza. It's not a problem. Because you're not related to her in some other way. Once the Shimon passes away without any children... So then you can marry the sister-in-law. And it's not your sister-in-law from being your wife's sister because that took place second. And the same thing is true in the other direction. If Reuven married Leah first, and therefore he's prohibited to be with Rachel, the sister, because it's his wife's sister, well then when Shimon, when his brother marries Rachel, so then there's no prohibition of be, of, of with uh, between Reuven and Rachel as the brother's wife because that took place second. And then... When Shimon passes away without any children, it's like Rachel is totally removed from the Yibam scenario because there is no mitzvah of Yibam in that case. And then he could go ahead and do Yibam Rachelitza with the co-wife. Okay, this is actually a discussion which is uh, going to come up later as well, uh, later on in the in the Masechta, and there's a lot more to analyze. Okay, the Gemara now goes on. We have a few more lines uh, in the Gemara before we will stop. The Gemara goes on and continues with the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, again, said, let's just review. The Mishnah said that we have this big machlokas, this big dispute between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. According to Beis Shammai, uh, there is a mitzvah to do Yibam Rechalitza with the co-wife of a sister-in-law who's already related to the live brother in some other way. Right? So uh, Shimon passes away without any children. He's married to two wives. One of them is his brother Ruben's daughter, let's say. The other one is just uh, another wife, not related to anybody, besides the fact that they're married. Shimon passes away. He has these two wives. One of them is, according to Beishamai, is completely exempt because it's the relative. The other one has a mitzvah of Yibam Rechalitza. Beishelel says, no, everyone's exempt. Everyone's completely exempt. Once one is exempt, they are, they're all exempt. Uh, all the co-wives are exempt. So the Mishnah then said, well, this has practical relevance. It has practical ramifications. What's the ramifications? Besides the fact that you, according to Shammai, for the co-wife, there's a mitzvah even for chalitza. But what happens if they do chalitza, says the Mishnah? If you do chalitza, Shammai says, it's like a divorce, can't marry a Kohen. Beishelel says, it's meaningless. There's no mitzvah even for chalitza. And so therefore she could marry a Kohen because it was meaningless. That's one ramification. The other ramification is, let's say they go ahead and do Yibam. With the co-wife who's, who, who's not an erva, who's not related to Ruvain, the live brother. According to Beis Shammai, it's a mitzvah. That's what you're supposed to do. According to Beis Hillel, it's actually forbidden. Because you're marrying your sister-in-law when there's no mitzvah, which is completely forbidden. Those were the two ramifications. So the Gemara is going to have a few lines just on those two, ram, two ramifications of this major dispute. The Gemara says... The case of Chalitza. So the Gemara says, Pshita, it's obvious. Why is the Mishnah telling us these ramifications? We can figure it out on our own. We understand. Beishamai says there's the mitzvah of Yibam or Chalitza. 
uh, with the co-wife who's not related. So do you should do if you do chalitza, it's like a quasi divorce, and you're forbidden to the kohen, just like in any other chalitza scenario. According to Beis you're not because it's not. It's uh, it, there's no mitzvah to do chalitza, so therefore it's permissible to marry a kohen. It's obvious. This is something which is obvious. We could figure this out on our own. So my answer is no. We're going to have a position later on on the next staff, on the next page of Rabbi Yochan Benuri. He tried to solve the big problem of this dispute between Beishama and Beishelo to say everyone should do chalitza. According to Beishama, it's fine if you do chalitza. According to Beishelo, it doesn't hurt to do chalitza. So everyone should just do chalitza and then everyone can marry each other. It's something we'll get to later on. But he wanted to create a rabbinic decree to say that everyone has to do chalitza in such a scenario, when it's the co-wife of a relative, a co-wife of one of the 15 cases. So the Gemara answer is, Kamash to and if we were to follow his opinion that it would be a rabbinic decree, so then maybe the chalitza would be meaningful, and then even Beis would agree that you're forbidden to the Kohen after you did a chalitza. But the point is that we reject this opinion. The Gemara says that we reject this opinion. We do not require chalitza. This is not a rabbinic decree to require chalitza. In such a scenario where it's the co-wife of a relative, we do not require chalitza. And then base, even for Beis Hillel, according to Beis Shammai, there's a mitzvah to do either one. <coughs> but according to Beis Hillel, you don't have to do anything. And the whole point, of the, that's what the mission is telling us, that we do not follow that position, that there's a rabbinic decree. And... And... Um, and according to Beis Hillel, it's meaningless. To do chalitza is meaningless. It doesn't accomplish anything. Once it doesn't accomplish anything, that's what our mission is telling us, that she is still allowed to marry a Kohen because it's as if nothing took place because there's no obligation to do Yibam or chalitza. Okay. Then the one more line. The Mishnah continues to say, Nisyamu Beis Hillel poslin. So then it gives us the second ramification. What happens if they do Yibam? If they do Yibam, according to Beis Shammai, it's a mitzvah to do Yibam, for the co-wife to do Yibam, the one who's not related. Because you have to do Yibam with Chalitza. According to Beis Hillel, it's forbidden. Because you're marrying your sister-in-law when there's no mitzvah of Yibam, which is a prohibition. You're not allowed to marry your sister-in-law if it's not in the context of Yibam. So the Gemara asks again, Why do I need this case? I can figure this out on my own. I know that there's this dispute. I can figure out the ramifications on my own. So the Gemara answers, Because we had to first teach the case of Chalitza, which we just addressed a second ago, so once it addresses Chalitza to tell us that according to Beis Hillel, there's not even a rabbinic decree of Chalitza, so then the Mishnah just added, tagged along, Yibam. What happens if they actually did Yibam, if they actually got married? So really, it's true, it's unnecessary, but once it taught us the first case of Chalitza, so then it's also teaching us the second case of Yibam. Okay, that's the conclusion of the Gemara for today's recording. Tomorrow we will begin a very fascinating topic of what of different opinions in halacha? How do we deal with that when we have different opinions? And are we allowed to have some people follow one opinion, some people follow a different opinion? Is that permissible? Is that non permissible? Uh, this is going to be a discussion for the next couple of recordings.